Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Thirty-six on me trying to figure out why my audio has been weird. Gotta love chasing those ghosts. I think it's literally a ghost. In the moment, I think everything's okay. You, you seem to hear me fine, but then I get the uh, the feed when I download, and it's like, it's all, I'm like, what is going on? What the heck? So I'm gonna I'm gonna make out with the mic here tonight. <laughs> See if that helps. <laughs> so enjoy that. Or maybe I'll just get more static. Who knows? Ariel Rodriguez, I have to say, though, you always sound fantastic. Well, thank you. I'm still on my little bit more budget setup here, but uh, it's working out. It's working out all right, I guess. I'm, I'm glad it sounds fine. Yeah, I'm back on my headset that actually works uh, with my mic setup, and it is it is not as comfy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I miss my, my cheap cheapo uh, noise-canceling headphones. They're super comfy. But my uh, my MacBook Pro will be goddamned if it works with them. So weird. That's ah, Bluetooth for you. Well, let's open it up for another run here of Full of Sun If You're a Podcast. As we've already mentioned, the one that you can understand, that's Ariel. I'm Cyrus. <laughs> God only knows what the hell you're actually hearing. I apologize. I don't know what's wrong with my damn studio. But hopefully I'll get like every fourth word. And maybe it'll be intelligible. Let's get to getting. I have, a, I have a list. It's long again. You were very kind to both me and, well, as it turns out from the box office, all of America for not spoiling the Marvels <laughs> until it came out on Disney+. Plus. But we've all had the time to watch it since then, like in the, the comfort of our own homes. Well, let's start here. You described this as being fun in the moment. I want to refine that if you don't mind. Like, What's the letter grade for this thing? Oh, that's a good question. For me, I guess it depends on what you're looking to get out of it. But for me, I'd say like a solid BB plus is fast paced. I think I mentioned this last time. It's it felt like Multiverse of Madness in that um, it's like a trade, like like stories of a self-contained trade paperback. It's a romp. You, you like you you start it, you read it from beginning to end, and like. It concludes. Yes, it has implications for the future and what have you, but it also it's not it's not doesn't have like massive MCU implication or like MCU connective tissue in a way. I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. I guess it it's connected in the MCU, but if you wanted a standalone story about Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and whatever uh, Monica Rambeau <laughs> denies calling herself Oton, like it, it's Marvel. that. Y- yeah. Yes. It's it's that right? Like it's it gets, it stands alone, but does have the connective tissue. I'm not denying it doesn't. I'm just saying like um, it stands alone nicely too. And it was fun. It was like an hour and a half, right? It's just like get in, get out. It's under two hours, which in this day and age is like unheard of. Yeah, that's 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 like two TikTok videos back to back. <laughs> My modern reckoning. Are you familiar? Of course you are, but I'm asking this rhetorically for the purposes of radio. Are you familiar with the gif of a blonde girl drinking the kombucha for the first time? Actually, I don't think I am. Where she goes through like all 12, 12 stages oh. of loss. 
I think I think maybe yes. Yes, I think yes. I it's think like yes, but no, no, yes. yes. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That was me watching this movie. I finally have come out with slight disappointment. This is not a bad movie, first of all. Uh, that was all weird politics crap. I, 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 did. <laughs> I guess it's just going to infect every fucking aspect of our life here in the 21st century America. It's Probably. it's not it's certainly not bad, but I, I think where my disappointment comes from is there's a path where this film is like one of like top ten MCU film. Oh sure sure, and it it doesn't get there. And I I specifically watched the uh, the assembled making a feature for this one as I was telling Aaron because I I was like as I told it to her I said I want to know which one of these ladies screwed this thing up. And I think I've landed on director Nia Davis. Oh. It's a very uneven movie. People are describing it as fun. I think what they're trying to say is it's funny. Because it's very funny. And I think it has like a little bit of a spacefaring. They change locations a lot, right? And like I think that's exciting. I think what it what it was hard, what it didn't do well, one of the things it didn't do well in my mind is leveraging the stakes. Like, yeah, there's the the gates there and the realities are going to fold over, but it didn't feel all that heavy. There was more the, the shenanigans of the swapping and everything that just kind of took over the focus of it, which they could, uh, maybe like develop that more. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but like something like that, like make you feel the stakes of that. And I think Carol's whole being the annihilator that, that man, that could have been a whole movie. <laughs> on its uh, on its own just her decision the consequences of that like we kind of just leap right over that pretty fast yeah i'm gonna ask yes and you here every dramatic beat fails like the comedy hits really well all of the actresses and even samuel L. jackson they, they they sell the jokes every single time the drama is the complete 180 of it if if it's they don't hit any of it mostly because to your point it's going way too fast like Aaron missed the fact that the Marie had cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they blew through it so damn fast. Yeah. And that should devastate two of our three protagonists. So what I infer, because I don't know, again, there was 26 women involved in making this movie, one of which was dressed like Harvey Two-Face, but we'll come back to that. (laughs) Because I think she did a really good job. So I'm not sure who drops the ball here, but the screen story's there. You've got strong characters. You've got a really cool plot. I, I, I love the idea of Captain Marvel dealing with failure, not just within this movie, but within the context of the character within the Marvel Studios cinematic universe, because it speaks to them. They get Carol. She, I, the foil is always Wonder Woman because she, they're both women. But no, she's Superman. Yes. And this is a very this is a very Superman story. And she made a decision, right, that she thought was good, and it backfired. And she has to deal with the consequences of that. I mean, to me, that in and of itself is a is a huge story that you could tell on its own without the other characters, which is great too. I love to see them interact. I'm not saying I didn't want that, but that Carol, like Carol's relationship with Maria and the whole cancer thing, and her being away and then dealing with Monica. I mean, like all of that. You could explore that for a while, just the drama of that. And then there's the Kamala angle of her meeting her hero and all that. I mean, that's like, to me, like it could have, it could have been at least two more <laughs> movies or like 
a movie and a TV show. I don't know. But like they, they try to get to fast forward through a lot really fast. They do. It's kind of a tragedy, I feel like, because the movie I feel, feel like only probably needs to be 20 minutes longer to get all that stuff done. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I still had a, I still had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it. But yeah. it's not it's not devoid of these criticisms for sure. The other big miss is Darbin. Yes. Yes. Too um, simple of a villain, I think. But the setup's there. The setup is there, absolutely. But they needed they to give sell it, it gravitas, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to feel like that that level of what you do with Killmonger, for example, of like you understand why they're doing what they're doing and you've got to feel it. And instead it was just more like a no, logically, I understand, and then we just kind of keep going because there's no time. I, I, yeah, they didn't build her up. It, it's a very Lex Luthor setup. This person is not that they, they say they are. They're a destroyer. They're an annihilator. But I'm your. I'm. I'm a. I'm a leader from our culture. I'm gonna fix it. That's very Luthor. Yeah, and there could have been all kinds of politics on Hollow about it, and you know, building up the conflict there and. I mean that, that I, I could see all kinds of stories and a deeper story about a version of what we got from that, but didn't get it. Mister, what we got was a hammer and a bangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are quantum bands, which is kind of wild. I didn't necessarily yeah. expect that. Yeah, the sci-fi element works. They use it for comedic purposes. Well, well, well you know, to be to be fair, at the end, you know, they do rip a hole in space time. That's about as epic as anything these characters have had to deal with outside of the blip. The incursions thing, in different ways, continues to be a threat that they kind of weave through uh, the multiversal saga here, multiverse saga. But it just they it, it it's like you knew this was like where it was going to end up almost, and we just kind of just had to run all the way there to get to this point. <laughs> they emphasize the faster and the higher for the faster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I did like it. Well, one of my favorite things is the promise. I think moving forward, that they get Carol. That they do. They haven't put her in the right story yet, but they do fundamentally understand what the character is going to be. Somewhere in our future, there is a good Captain Marvel film coming. I feel pretty confident about that. Having watched the first two movies now and Endgame, I really do hope they keep making them. Again, criticisms aside, I I did have fun, and I I do like all these characters. Very much. Who knows what the business side people are thinking and doing, but I, I do hope we get another Captain Marvel film. And that we see Monica again and uh, Kamala again in an extended format, not like a cameo. Likewise, but unless she's a big part of Avengers 5 and people start clamoring for her, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now, I'm not. Yeah, I'm hopeful, but not not uh, being realistic. I, I just don't see it happening. That being said, there's a possibility that Avengers 5 does feature her prominently. So there, there's a path to, to a really good Captain Marvel film. But if this is the best they do, it, it's it's not a disaster. I, I know it didn't perform well. It's no Madam but... Web, Cyrus. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we transition? I, I, don't go ahead. I mean, I wouldn't touch that movie with a 10-foot pole, so I don't know what there is to say other than look at that thing over there. Uh, one plus sign. I feel like we're probably mere days from, hey, you know what? We were just kidding about not doing Spider-Man with Marvel anymore. Let's have some more Spider-Man with Marvel adventures. Oh, come on down. They keep doing this. And you got Craven's right around the corner. Venom 3. When will it stop? <laughs> Venom forever. Very soon, I think, is the answer to your question. They're, they're, <laughs> they're making a lot of bad movies. And it's, it's, yeah, it's not working out for them so great. How many Spider-Women are in this movie? 
Six of them? That's a good question. I think it's like not including Madam Web herself. I thought it was sure, three. Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was three. It's a tough sell when the movie is obviously trying to be a franchise starter. You gotta pretend that's not the case, even if it is. They nah, they just like, nope. That's the goal. She's gonna find all the spider women. And they're gonna do spider thing. I, I don't know what the plot of this movie is, to be real honest. Apparently, they only, the they're only in costume. Apparently they're only in costume for like two minutes in the whole movie. So it's more like her dramatically discovering her powers and fighting some random spider villain guy. I don't even know who the like the, the actual like name of the spider villain guy is if I think he's from the I think he's from the the other I think it's Ezekiel maybe from the other plot the, from the J. Michael Straczynski run let me see real quick here oh I thought he was like a it was an old yes, man also yes. anti anti-hero yes not exactly a villain per se yes yeah it's more of oh, let's just introduce characters so we can have I feel like they're just trying to keep the license now they're just going to throw whatever trash out there to keep the license and then pray that they can keep the license going until the next Spider-Man uh, hit comes into the veins it is literally throwing shit at the wall and just seeing, seeing what sticks, and then they'll, I think the plan is, hey, oh, they, they like this part of it, so we'll just make a lot of those. So we, we'll get Event 7, I'm guessing. Just sad. It costs so much money to make these things. I don't know why they would do that. Me neither. I will say this for them. I, the reviews are so negative, I'm kind of curious <laughs> to watch it. Much like I was with The Flash. Everyone, everyone insisted it was horrible. I was curious, like, how bad? You got that going for you, Sony. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's tackle some news items here. Happy or sad? Let's go happy. We have a fantastic forecast. Thoughts? We do. And quite the cast. Got uh, Pedro Pascal, long rumored, now confirmed, is our Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Uh, Ibn Moss Bakrak as, as The Thing. I just started watching The Bear uh, recently and getting a better impression of what he's like as an actor. Uh, I think that's a good pick. And then you got Joseph Quinn, Eddie from Stranger Things, as uh, your, your Johnny Storm. I don't know. I feel like... Uh... This cast has a shot. I think uh, just thinking about the personalities these actors have portrayed in the past and what they could do, I think I think uh, it's pretty solid. Possible uncomfortable question. Pedro Pascal is well into his 40s, yes? I think he's in his early 50s. Even better. Vanessa Kirby, maybe 30? <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> let's, let's, I... let's spin up the IMDb and find out. Oh, no. I mean, Hollywood does this. But I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> she is 36. Okay, she's older than I thought she was. Thank God. And Pedro is... Do I have that right? 49? Yeah, 49. I think you're thinking of 50s because he says when he's Joel in The Last of Us that he's in his 50s. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. 49. Almost almost there, but 49 and 36. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's old. He's not, you know... Superannuated, if you will. All right, that's a lot closer than I thought it was. I was, I was pretty worried. I was worried it was like more than two decades. Like we're talking like Leonardo DiCaprio, one of his girlfriends, bad. I mean, if there's one thing you've got to, you've got to agree that Marvel has been consistent on above anything else. I think is casting. They they think about it a lot, and I, I think I think they probably considered this a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping for uh, for good chemistry uh, among all of them. Really, there has to be some conflict too, because that's part of what it's all about. But I, I, I think uh, I think they got a decent shot at this. Pascal as a second choice is pretty great. And if I'm going to be fair to them, and I want to be fair, Driver was the first choice. And I think he's probably much closer to Kirby's age. 
Yeah, almost certainly. So if they want to, or when they decide to make their, their fantastic kids, their fantastic babies, that wouldn't have been so weird. We don't have an antagonist, do we? Is it Galactus and not Doom? The rumor is Galactus. Galactus mm-hmm. has been not cast, but the <laughs> the rumors, the rumor mill continues to feature either Antonio Banderas or Javier Bardem as the options to play Galactus's voice or, or what have you. It's not. No one really knows if it's going to be Ultimate Galactus cloud of bots or like Galactus Galactus six one six giant oh. dude. Dude. It's in your Galactus. We're, we're getting. <laughs> 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 However, they go. They clearly want to go Spanish with him. Yes, that that is true, which I think is great. I, again, like, just bring it on, folks. I'm I'm here. I'm here for it. I mean, we have Span- we have we have a uh, Span- Rich- Reed Richards. I guess this is. I'm I'm here for the Fantastic Quattro. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you know, they they've done the the in Eternals. You know, they've done the Celestials that are like massive beings i just i do wonder if they'll go with that type of format for mcu galactus i mean it's just does that mean like a big antonio banderas head or like what's what's what are we what are we talking about here i just i'm, I'm very curious i'm, I'm less excited about that <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna reward as far away from eternals as they can so i i think we're probably done with the giant heads only time will tell do you think they're gonna go retro with it yeah, I mean, I think the clues are there in the announcement anyway. Thing is holding up a Life magazine from 1963, and the style of the logo change, the artwork, yeah. But the the logo change and their costumes a little bit, kind of like astronaut from that era type costume. I could see it happening. Maybe said initially there. I mean, clearly they got to pull them in right to the mainline MCU for like Avengers for Secret Wars, probably. So there's there's gonna be some timey wimey fun. Or maybe multiversal fun. I don't know. Maybe both. I guess it remains to be seen. They could fall flat on their face, but I think it's a good gambit. It's it's very of its time. Yes. Yes. Which is part of the reason I feel like they've had... Marvel's been trying to reboot this thing every six minutes since since, well, since Burn left back in the 80s. Because it's just... So, and we've talked about this before in the, in the past, but it's just such a dated concept in a lot of ways. I mean, not scientist explorer adventurers. That that I think that actually always works. But, but the particular setup for it is it, it's it's very 1960 space race. Yeah. And there are many many creators who have uh, fallen trying to get this thing reimagined. It's a tough nut to crack. All right, so let's go for sadness. The uh, Kang Dynasty continues to unravel so much so that we're not calling it the Kang Dynasty anymore. <laughs> yeah, that could mean a lot of things. Totally I'm, I'm trying to figure out what DefCon. That writers that that creative summit is at right now. How many writers have they brought in? That's what I want to know. What does that hotel ballroom whiteboard look like for this thing? As long as Ronald Moore doesn't come in and write, it's about the characters. I'm I'm all in. It's fine. It's still okay. <laughs> but if he does that, though, oh no. I, I just had a thought, like from my resources and, and potential return on investment uh, perspective, it, how how, this, how that goes. Like this thing, this thing is going to make a billion dollars, right? When it finally comes out, if they don't botch it. So, how much money are you willing to spend up front to unfuck this thing? Like, how many? Who do you bring in to fix it? Like, what's your budget to bring in? What's well, Disney? It's. I mean, they don't have a sovereign wealth fund, but they're pretty close. <laughs> Cash is the issue. Well, I'm just wondering, like, look, the size of the talent that they will pull, like that they're thinking to bring. Like, are all the stops pulled out? Like, do they bring in every legendary writer? Like, do they bring in Steven Spielberg for a few days just to kind of? 
shoot the shit and like throw some ideas out there. You know, like how much? How much? Well, I can say that right there. Spielberg's not your guy. He's famously against the studios. I'm just saying, like, how how big of a talent or outlandish of a of a budget do you have to just bring in anyone you think could contribute to fix this thing? I imagine this. You know that scene from Apollo, the movie Apollo 13, where they got to fix the oxygen scrubbers, and they're like, "Well, you got a Kang, but you don't have an actor for that Kang. Here's all these components that you have on the spaceship. Go build, go build an Avengers movie out of what's left. These three screws, two nuts, this like hose thing." And like a filter and a piece of plastic, go. Tony Stark built this film out of scraps <laughs> in a cave. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That okay. mentality. In fact, I saw a TikTok to that exact thing. There's like they had the picture of like a screenshot of the Avengers Five movie is changed title, and then they had that clip playing over it. Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. I'm just curious how they how they try to patch it. They've not been shy about having to recast when they need to. Which to me seems like the most logical thing in the world. You keep the plot going, you recast this character, and you pretend he was always this way. He always looked this way. That's what guy. I would do. But to be fair, Kang is inescapably unpopular with audiences. We, we've got a couple of years of, of this uh, now outside of Loki. And even then, I, I don't know that he was the draw. Was Thanos the draw in the Infinity Saga? He's a pretty good antagonist. He is. And I think there's still time to. I think what we haven't seen is the buildup. I don't think Marvel's done a buildup of Kang at all, really. Like Quantum Mania is really one. Well, that's the thing. That's where that was meant to be the buildup, and everyone hated it. That's why I'm curious to see if they if they really jettison them. It sounds like a crazy YouTuber thing, but it's been just unsuccessful enough that I'm kind of wondering. Well, maybe maybe we go behind door number two. I just think they haven't like had him pop in and be like, "Hey, it's me. I did, I did, I made this incursion, or I did this thing." Like they they end the movies and like multiversal crashes have happened, but no one associates them with Kang. Like multiverse of madness, no Kang. The Marvels, no Kang. I thought the bracelets were going to be tied to Kang somehow. Nope, they're just quantum bands. It's like, are they purposefully trying to? shy away from it was the kang dynasty always going to be more like kang's win but then they don't win by the end and they it's something else that's going to wipe them all out i don't know I, it's hard to really understand what marvel has been building to was it kang for real i i think so but to, to kind of answer your question hopefully i this phase has been uneven and clumsy not not terrible as its detractors want to but it but it's been kind of all over the place their quality control is just because they're trying to bring in new characters and diverse. Yeah, they're trying portfolio. to expand. Yeah, the expansion requirement plus. Yeah, I agree. So it's and there's just now there's hits and misses where it used to just be like they can't fail ever. But because of that, it, to again to, to your point, it kind of feels like they haven't really done much with him, even though I, I think they kind of have. I mean, because they, they keep going back to the multiverse. Yeah, but is that does that really mean Kang? I guess. I don't think that they've like really like shown in every title that's come out in this saga that the multiverse and Kang are one and the same. The way the Infinity Stones and Thanos, like Thanos wants these. Thanos is coming for them. People that work for Thanos want these things. You saw that in like Guardians. You saw it at the end of Avengers. You saw like like the Chitauri were tied to Thanos and Avengers. Like there are these big moments, as few as they may have been in between the other 
goings on in the MCU and in, in the Infinity Saga. Here we've got like what two seasons of a Loki that kind of have Kang involved, and then Quantum Mania, and where else? Yeah, and c- complicating that further is the the version we get in Loki is like a a kinder, gentler, fluffier version of Kang. Like he's not he's he's not the bad guy. There. He's the antagonist, but he's not a quote unquote villain. Yeah. So like, where's been the buildup of like, okay, where's the nasty Kangs? Where are they? And like, why did why isn't Kang cutting a deal with Darben to get one of those bracelets? Why isn't Kang in some of the other stories, other movies, like taking advantage or or, or doing something? So maybe that works to their to their to their Marvel's advantage in the fact that like now they've got this mess on their hands because Jonathan Majors and they can kind of steer this in a different direction. I just boy, do I want to see how that plays out. I would very much like to see. Like to fast forward to 2026 or whenever and see that Avengers 5 trailer and figure out what the hell that's supposed to be now. Yeah, I guess we'll, it seems probable we'll get some sort of tease in Deadpool and Wolverine because that, again, that's a multiverse film. Yeah, yeah. Is Kang going to be involved at all? Yeah, I, I don't know. Are they going to tease something at the end? That's the only movie we got this whole year. So they've got to get people talking about something in a post credit scene from that thing. In addition to oh. however strong that film is on its own. I, I love when you set me up for the perfect segue. 2025, do you, do you think the general consent, do you think people are more excited for Warner Brothers DC offerings that year or Marvel's? That is a great question. We should How much talk market about share, quote unquote, have they lost, right? Yeah, we should, we should reevaluate when that first Superman Legacy trailer comes out. Speaking of, you know, press junkets, there's a, there's, there's a lot, of, uh, lot of excitement about what little we've seen. He really looks like Superman. He does. I like the casting choices that they've made, but they got to pull it off, man. They got to pull it off. Brandon Routh really looked like Superman too. He looked. He looked like Christopher. Oh, he he, he looked like Christopher Reeve. This guy looks, looks like Superman. And Christopher Reeve was Superman to a lot of people back then when that movie came out. It felt that's fair. Like a great fit. This also feels like a great fit in a new direction. More to like you. I think you were saying like you know the 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 canonical visage of what superman is like can can they make this happen i think a great you know like that uh, internet meme of like what the future would look like if something just happened and it's like san francisco with like all the futuristic buildings and the flying cars i think it would be that magical future if we got marvel and dc just maximum potential just like competing head-to-head people are so freaking excited about what's coming up in multiverse saga and we have an excellent start to the dcu that's the future i want to live in i think i'd wager against it though I don't, I don't think that's going to come together. The dice are not loaded in that direction, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would short that future. Uh, <laughs> I want it, I, I would love it. Oh, oh I know, right? Because there was like five minutes in the 90s, both the Marvel were killing it. I, I, comic publishing, I know, obviously, but that that was fun. And then Ben Rally happened, and well, we, the less said about uh, that, I think yeah. the better. Yeah. Going back to Madam Web. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah uh love that casting uh the fantastic forecasting i think looks strong too uh millie alcock as a supergirl i kind of love it yeah i you know it's I, I i wouldn't have made that choice off the top of my head just like out of out of nowhere but yeah let's let's play it out let's see where this goes i always get really excited when they go a little bit younger because to me that looks like they're planning for sequels if the if the story of woman of tomorrow adheres in essence, 
to the comic. I think they have a great Supergirl and a and a, an amazing story to tell. I I really hope they don't screw that up. I gotta ask, which comic are you referring to? Tom King's Woman of Tomorrow. Okay. Supergirl. Woman okay. Of I didn't know Tom King had written her. It's a one-off like story. I don't know if it was a maxi series or just uh, I think it may have been a maxi series. It's really good. Like when they announced that that was going to be one of the movies and it was based on the Tom King story, I was like, okay, let's check this out. Wow. They really make Supergirl something of her own in contrast to Superman in a way. In a way, the story's not about her in comparison to Superman, but great story. I just, they better nail it. That's a super exciting. This is tangentially related because we're talking about constant reboots. We're recording a week before Emerald City Comic Con, which I will be attending at least in part. And I have been thinking about going through my, my comic collection and when I'm selling some of them off just to, to know out as you, as you get older, but also to have some stuff graded. Because I, I think within um, my run, I felt like there were probably some things that probably were worth some cash and that was probably worthwhile. So I did a little bit of research on the internet on this. And it looks like a lot of the modern age actually fairly devalued. And there's two reasons for that. Uh, one of them, one of those reasons is that the Walking Dead series is now over. Uh-huh. And we're past, we're, 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 we, we're past peak zombie. And so while those things were worth thousands of dollars, they're not really anymore. But the second thing, and this is the thing I want to talk about, is the idea that DC in particular, but Marvel a little bit too, they... They've got, they fall into this habit in the early 20 teens of blowing their stuff up every two years or so to the point where the, even if you wanted to collect stuff from that area that, you know, was, you know, key issues and such, no one has a feel for what that is. Yeah. And I don't know why that makes me sad, but it does. DC for really, did, I mean, Marvel for sure had a, had a soft reboot or two in that, in that era. Mm-hmm. No denying it. X-Men in particular went through quite the reboot for the Hickman era, but and I'll DC give them that. I'll give it. I'll give them that because it was struggling. They kind of needed to, but to finish your thought for you, DC was just was blowing it to hell every couple of years. Hard to get invested as a collector. Yeah. And I, and I know it's primarily a readership thing, but collecting, collecting the stuff is fun too. And they, it's just gone. They killed the market completely. Like, I think Jessica Jones kinds of matters, Kamala matters, and that's about it. Because there's been seven iterations of the character in nine years, right? And you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I know they have to refresh these things every now and again, but my God, they went batshit crazy. There's a way to do it, right? There's like a path to doing this that's not the manic every two years. You know, maybe have a five to ten year plan for what you're doing. Yeah, just hard no. Oh, and Miles. That's who I was trying to think of. I, I knew there was another important character I was forgetting as Miles Morales. Oh, okay, sure. Which is the only thing from the Ultimate Ultimate Universe, which was such a big deal for like five years. They're survived. bringing it back. They're bringing it back. Uh, of course they are. <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man relaunched. Oh, but just that title though, right? Uh, so far, but I think Ultimate X-Men is also getting relaunched. Maybe already did. Maybe the first issue is already out. Interesting. And this one, uh, okay. Peter doesn't get his powers until he's already married with two kids. I hate this so much already. 
I haven't I haven't read any of it, so I I, I can't uh, pass judgment. Uh, interesting oh. uh, attempt to to spin it, but no idea. So this is old man Parker. Is this the plan? I hate. Oh my god. He's like in his <laughs> mid. He's like in his uh, mid thirties, I think. Like the kids are not young either. They're like school age kids, not infants or anything. That's so weird. That feels like Man of Steel bad. Like you don't have any idea what the character is supposed to be. It's it's always been a coming of age story. My back's killing me. Story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know enough to comment. That's that's all I know from like oh, you know, the brief wow. like two sentence summary and like uh, some cover images and stuff. But they're relaunching the Ultimate Line. Okay. Well, once again, segueing ha- happily. Speaking of things that Mar- uh, that no one asked Marvel for, X Men ninety seven. Yeah. Now you're you're an engineer by trades, so you're good at math. Check my math here. Anyone that was invested in the show that this is a sequel to is now thirty eight years old, right? At least. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say let's see uh, the the show like aired in like nineteen ninety two nineteen ninety five, right? Ninety two to ninety seven. We just all stopped watching it before then. Okay, so but somewhere in that range, right? Yes. So you had how old do you think you had to be minimum age to like get invested in that show? Eight. Ten? I think it's the definition of a Y7 show. Okay, so seven. So yeah, you know, 37, <laughs> give yeah. or take. Why are, why are we making this for 37-year-old? Nostalgia? Oh, it's so weird. I gotta say, uh, though... Um, You're in, aren't you? My hype, in. <laughs> level, my hype level uh, increased significantly when I saw Gambit charge up Wolverine's claws. That, that did it for me. But that's it. I'm there. Yeah. Gambit charging up Wolverine's claws... Bring me that, please. I've actually been rewatching it, and oh boy, is this a struggle. <laughs> I started um, it too. I'm in season two right now, and uh, it man. looks so bad. It looks so bad. The pacing too, man. It's a testament to how rad the X Men are. We all love that show. <laughs> I gotta it, say too, it's all, it's. <laughs> I, I know X Men in general is a very progressive story to begin with. But they really went at it in the '90s. I, I'm I'm proud of them for that too. They did not sugarcoat that or or, or, or dodge right at all. Yo, it's true. And the source material is so strong that they could do a shitty version. And it would still be, it would still kind of work. But oh, it's a shitty version. <laughs> it it the backgrounds are weirdly like dirty. Yes, is the only word that case is yes. they look like they were they look like someone dropped them on the way to the processing plant for painting. Okay, I to get to get uh, nerdy about the uh, technical stuff for a minute too. So like that show, you know, is broadcast on TV, right? So it's um, uh, it's it's interlaced video, right? It's like three lines, then two lines, three lines, two lines. Like it's it's not, you know, rasterized or uh, progressive rather. And the so that so to make it streamable, right, on these like progressive, progressively scanned services, they got to do something called three two pull down, where they try to like inter re interlace the video. And so you get these weird, like, jagged shit on some of these episodes that, like, when you see it, you're like, oh, man, they didn't spend a lot of time on this. <laughs> Trying to fix this. I, they just grab whatever. I, I can't blame them. There's nothing there to work with. I know. What What's really bad is when you look back at the stuff they were competing with in the same era, it's, it's just years ahead of it. Batman the Animated Series was so good in comparison. It holds up today. I don't, I don't like to watch it. Like, it's so good. Which begat yeah. Superman the Animated Series, which became Justice League, Justice League Limited, Brave and the Bold, 
Batman the Disney Beyond. Afternoon yeah. was killing it at the same time. Yeah. And you have this, which is like, <laughs> oh, it's it's so bad. It's so Fox. It's yes. just it just it reeks of Rupert Murdoch just saying, ah, I don't know, let's just do it anyway. I'm Australian. I have a lot of money. Bah. And and Saban Entertainment, the people that brought you Power oh. Rangers, where they just snip snip a bunch of uh, stuff <laughs> from Japan. Okay, but at least that was artfully snipped. This was oh, this is it's, oh, fuck it forever. But I back I I did love back on the day. Because you know, the stuff that Claremont spent two decades writing was just was so cool. So I guess in that regard, I, yeah, I mean, I, I had this same exact thought. I really am excited. I just don't know how many people are going to be, or even what the tone of this thing will be. Yeah, great question. Because it's, it's so, like, will it be set in 1997? I assume so. I assume it just <laughs> it picks up where they left off. It's so weird. Yeah. I go where I want to go. Hang on, let me get my Nokia. Like, <laughs> I'm literally at a, a loss for words, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. The, the animation style I've read, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, that they basically do the same style as What If, but then they have like an extra like cell shading layer to try to make it look like the 90s cartoon. And then that's how they've implemented the, the style. I just... I don't know what that's going to look like beyond the trailer. Like the trailer is too sure, you know, not enough. Like I need to see that for myself in an episode. I'm I don't I don't know. They can only go up. <laughs> sure, that's true. <laughs> it, it's it's so janky. Like it's there's I see animatics from amateurs on YouTube that are better than what I saw <laughs> in the X Men series. That's how bad it is. And then all of a sudden, Wolverine has sleeves because they forgot to color it flesh color. Like, what the hell is happening here? Come on, yeah. man. I saw one like where Bishop's face was just like serious, and then he just goes, oh, and then he's back to serious again. <laughs> I'm like, did you guys not pick the right key there? Key oh, yeah. yeah there, there's tons of that where they, they, they the little lipstick is, it's like a Mad Kung Fu film. Oh. Or Professor Xavier's eyes will be pointing in different directions. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. But yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for it. One thing it got me thinking about, because I, I I guess because I was, I'm watching X-Men, and then I watched, and I, shortly after watching the Marvels, we know the X-Men are coming back, or come back to the big screen, but Disney style. Rogue's origin has her... You know, her flight and her strength and her stuff, that's not her power set, right? She she grafted that, and she gets that from Carol Danvers. She steals it from Carol Danvers. Indeed. Do, do you think we'll see that in MCU? That's a great question. I mean, they've got the pieces there if they want to do it. Do they do it the same way? I don't know. My writer's heart told me the way you do it is she she takes it from the, the Marie Van Rambo version we saw at the end of the Marvels. Oh, could be. But, but eventually Carol gets her powers back, right? So then Rogue and her are kind of in parallel with each other. So they could do something there. I mean, who knows? I mean, but yes, I'm intrigued. There's I mean, a lot of ways they could they could do it if they want to. It's it's kind of dark. So I'm curious if, they, if, if they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And what is going to be our starting set of X-Men? I mean, there's like the core ones you know are going to be there, right? Like Wolverine's going to be there. Cyclops is going to be there. Beast, they've played up in cutscenes and stuff yeah. speaking of the Marvel so the Beast probably there but like what about the rest is Rogue going to be one of the mainstays are they going to try to go the X-Men 97 route or are they going to switch it up I mean the, the purest answer is to take the original five that become X-Factor uh, but some of them are kind of lame are you familiar with the, the comedian 
uh, skits the X Men. No, it's the X hyphen men. When we're done, you've got to go find these. They're amazing. Okay. The shtick is it's a it's um, a performance review with Professor X and one of the X Men. Oh, and uh, goddamn, they're amazing. The best one is where he's he's a uh, he's going over Angel's review, and just just lambasting him for st- being lame. By the end of it, he's just screaming, "You're a bird!" at him, <laughs> which shouldn't be hysterical, but it somehow works. These are definitely worth finding on TikTok. When you got a second, I will check it out. I will check it out. But I do feel that way, you know. Coming back to the actual point here, that you've got some. Hey, there's an ice guy, and then there's a guy who flies. <laughs> what do you do? I feel like they also like. I think they got to play up the power mixing and like the the interplay there, like. You know, honestly, we haven't had that since an Avengers film. I, I feel like the Marvels got got pretty close, but where you get the heroes' powers bouncing off each other, they got they got to do that. Like, come on, man, fastball special, like it's minimum, it's like table stakes for X Men. I, I got to see some fantastical stuff. So maybe pick some characters where that they have power sets that are complementary to each other somehow. Yeah. Even Fox did the fastball special. It, it sucked because yeah. it's Fox, but they even they did it. Yeah, like just do it better, Marvel. <laughs> You know, get Cyclops collabing with somebody. Like, I need. We need to see some of that stuff. Yeah, they're a team, and they train constantly. Yeah, the first so two pages of their comic is about the danger room. So let's, yeah, yeah. That the Gambit charging Wolverine's claws, like that concept, just like expand outwardly significantly from that. Let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, so somewhere there's an executive like with a, with a yellow notepad writing that down. We got got this more of this, please. The cat decision will be very interesting there too. Yes, absolutely. That first X Men film from gosh two thousand is it, it's 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 old. I think it holds up pretty well, and it had a shoestring budget because again Fox. But one thing they very wisely did was they spent they they really cast it very well. They had a nice mix of uh, unknowns that really worked, and then they kind of followed the George Lucas thing where they had like they made sure they had some real thespians in the older statesman roles. Patrick Stewart, of course, was the dream cast for Charles. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think anyone knew who the hell Ian McKellen was. But his Magneto was was Samuel. Absolutely. It's delightful just to watch those two old guys play chess. But I, I guess I just don't know who the young acting talent is outside of you know the people that were on Euphoria. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what they do. Part of me wonders if going back to Eternals for a second, if what lessons they've learned about trying to drop a whole team of superheroes at once. You've got. You know, attempts to do that in, in various different capacities over time. But if they're going to do an X-Men film and the characters are all introduced at once the way they did in 2000, like, I, I just wonder, like, how what what lessons they're learning from Eternals, from X-Men of 2000, from First Class, which some of the characters at that point are already familiar to people. Like, how are they going to do this where you feel invested in the, in the main cast? Because it's hard. Fantastic Four is going to be some of that, too. But it's only four. If you're going to introduce half a dozen X-Men, uh, all new actors, maybe, maybe not, maybe some familiar faces. It's a curious challenge. I think the X-Men are much more mainstream, quote unquote, as genre fiction goes. So I don't, I don't know if that really works yeah, as yeah. as a comparison point or something to even be worried about because the, the Eternals are so fucking obscure. Yeah, to- totally. I'm just thinking about like. Here's a movie where we're going to bring 
all these characters to the MCU and it's all fresh. You don't, you don't know these, this version of them. Uh, I recognize, yeah, Eternals is different than X-Men for sure in terms of popularity and zeitgeist, but it's a lot of new faces to throw at you all at once. So like they got to manage that somehow. The cautionary that, tale is, is that new mutants film that one watched. Yeah. Yeah. Or most of justice league <laughs> fast, right? We all knew that wonder woman, but uh, justice league. Or that Batman thing went on for for seven days. I I I want my, I want my life back. Even the Flash was in slow mo a lot. I I don't I <laughs> I have a tough time with how they got there. That was a that was a filmmaking choice. Don't forget but, the you know, the singing number. Also, the musical sure. number in Zack Snyder's version. <laughs> how could I? But that that new mutants film has had had. Fa- pseudo famous up and coming talent, you know, yet on Taylor Joy's magic. We have, um, yeah, yeah, Arya Stark. I apologize, Maisie Williams. There we go, yeah, as yeah. Wolfsbane. But no one knows who the hell Wolfsbane is or who the hell magic is. You gotta in- keep the, the staples in there and then introduce the other mutants, you know, as you blend them in, right, and get people familiar with them. I think that that's got to be part of the formula. So you got to have your Wolverines, your Professor X's, your Cyclopses, your Storm. I mean, I think Storm is pretty key. I haven't even talked about her very much, but I mean, like, uh, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's got to be those pillars, and then you weave the rest of the mutants through them. The Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey love triangle is non-negotiable. That will have to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just need to find a better actor for Jean Grey. Can we not do Dark Phoenix? Can we just take a pause no. on the Dark Phoenix? We start exactly with Dark Phoenix. That's where oh, we begin. God damn it. <laughs> she starts in the Hellfire Club already... <laughs> Just breaking down. But I was like, who the hell? What the hell is it? Why are they, why are they in a sex club? What's happening? Oh. <laughs> there's, a, there's a path, though, where um, Avengers 8, somewhere down the line, when we're old men, is AVX, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Do it. I'll rant and rave like an old man in the theater about it. My <laughs> Phoenix again? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, we had one Dark Phoenix, Phoenix Fire. Speaking of things that are, I'm not sure if they're for children or adults. I want to talk Netflix's One Piece. Oh, yeah. Uh, I <sighs> Okay, number one, I loved it. Let me get that out there. Awesome. But I, I don't like this X-Men 97 thing, weirdly enough. I don't know who it's for. <laughs> like, I think it's meant to be Y7 with the, the you know, the, it's got kind of lower or more elementary grade uh, dialogue. But then Zoro will drop an F bomb. Right. And I'm so I'm, so I'm very confused. <laughs> How familiar are you with the original manga watched, slash anime? I've watched the anime a little bit, but haven't found the time to invest the thousand, maybe eleven hundred almost, getting to eleven hundred episodes now. They haven't even scratched the surface. Comes oh, it's I'm like familiar. watching Justice League four times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's the kind of show that you can if for people that have stuck with it since it first broadcast and didn't do a kind of catch up thing, uh, streaming, like you've grown up, you spent your whole life watching it. It's like Doraemon. Doraemon is uh, another thousand plus episode show. Definitely not the same as one piece, but, uh, in, in execution, if you will, thousand plus episodes means you've been watching it. If you were watching it when it started airing your whole life, you've grown up with it. It's been many things to you as a watcher throughout the years, maybe, uh, you know, focal point when you're younger and a thing to disdain for a while, but you kind of are perfectly involved with it. And then you kind of get back into it when you're older. I think one piece is like that. It's a, it's unique in that way. 
no, maybe not unique, but more unique than other types of media we consume. So then see like a, them try to boil that down into a live action adaptation. I'm just amazed it's as successful as it was, but the heart of the story is there. I mean, I think that's, that's the key and there you go. But I think it is trying to like be so many things because it is so many things just given the length of it. So one thing I really appreciate it is um, beyond the length of the, the, the original work from Japan, the other reason I've, I've shirked one piece is I can't stand the artist. Oh yeah. I hate the way that guy draws. I really do. So this uh, Netflix series scares me that it still has, you know, the, the weird, you know, the quirky, shall we say designs, but I don't have to look at these just bizarre, like cartooning choices anymore. So that helped a lot. Uh, it, it's very fun. It's, it's funny. It's got dry. I mean, it's it just, it's a, it's a, it's a very good adventure story. I'm like, any way you'd want to look at it. I came away thinking, I was like, man, this is what Pirates of the Caribbean should have been for Disney. Yes. This is the sensibility that they wanted. And they whiffed on it. And they had, they, they've had one piece there to like crib notes from the whole time. I don't know how it compares. Aaron really enjoyed it. And then went to the, went to the anime. She's watched them all, Ariel. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, yeah. You, you tell you, you tell your meniscus, you suddenly have more time, but even still. <laughs> still. Yeah. You have, you have choices. Yeah, it's true. I'm supposed to just watch one piece over and over again. She, and, you know, she, I, I got the, I got the classic uh, anime fan answer from Raul. You know, the anime is better. <laughs> <laughs> Does seem like it's distilled pretty well. I think so. Yeah. My understanding is the plan is to do an eight season run. Okay. Is that doable? I mean, the manga's still going, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I did some research. He's thinking 2030. Okay, sure. Eight seasons seems like like it'll take a while. So, yeah, can they hit? Yeah. Can, can they get the high points satisfactorily? I mean, eight, are, eight they, are they going to Game of Thrones? Are they going to Game of Thrones this shit and like? Uh, oh God! You know, Luffy's like blowing stuff up at the. At the end. I didn't consider that. Now, now I'm over again. <laughs> also, like special effects wise. It's going to get more complicated. <laughs> be, yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to see what that is. It's an anime adventure story. I assumed it. And it's a shonen anime. So it, things are going to scale significantly. Yeah. Right now I'm kind of struggling with, man, these, uh, these set, these, these sailing ships, they don't move very much. They get very <laughs> <laughs> incredible mirrors. They don't list at all. It's got a lot of heart and charm. Solid cast. Cast does a great job. American weeboos. Are, have been historically very resistant to uh, anime adaptations here. They didn't complain about this one. Or did they set Death Note in Seattle, or or did I have a stroke? I feel like that happened. I don't know. I completely forgot about that one. I feel like that was a thing for, for a minute. They're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to put it in Seattle. I'm like, I, what? Okay, sure. But no one complained about this. And I was like, that's interesting. And then, you know, yeah. I watched it, and we saw why. They finally did it. Yeah. Starting to open up the floodgates a little bit. I just saw today that uh, they're going to make a Naruto movie with uh, Destin Daniel Cretton being director and writer. He directed Shang-Chi. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be another interesting attempt at, at this whole anime to live action thing. But a movie, huh? Not a series? Yeah, that's, that's what I read. Naruto is not as long as One Piece, and it is done. The, the, the story, the main Naruto story is done. There's a sequel series about his son. Oruto, but that's different. That yeah. really does help too. Yes, when, when they can see the whole thing. Yeah, the magic of Japanese comics, right? They end their freaking stories. What is that like? 
<laughs> There's no Sailor Moon Infinite Crisis, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's mad at George Lucas. We should be mad at Dan DiDio. I mean, what that man did, my God, just careened. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it was like, it was like The Last Jedi came out every two summers. The way he was running that publishing line, just bizarre. Any party thoughts or should we get out of here? Any miss anything? I feel like a lot of stuff got announced this month. Yeah, Avatar The Last Airbender live action is uh, rocking and rolling right now. Yeah. That's driving a lot of talk. I have not finished the first episode just yet. I don't many people have because the internet doesn't hate or love it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're still trying to figure out what they what they want to get mad about. And what we want to do is start it on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Netflix. Right. And they had a hol- they had a long <laughs> holiday break the week before. And I assume they weren't like doing post on it last week. Like they were done. It was in the can, right? It's not quite the miss that having Wednesday start in November was, but it's it's pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, man, come on with that. I'm still I'm still flabbergasted by that decision. It's like Halloween is right there. Uh, yeah, you know that LeBron that LeBron meme where he's just like got his arms out and he's like, dude, over there, like that. Yeah, was that J.R. Smith? He was mad at. Do I do I remember that correctly? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I know there was a. You know, <laughs> I think a lot of people talk to GR Smith that way, but I know there was that where he where he tried to call a timeout and they didn't have one. And I, but I can't remember if if that was the scenario where that that generated that. I'm so mad, Ariel! I can't watch the NBA anymore. My shooting guard <laughs> thinks the world's flat. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty infuriating. Yeah, Ariel Rodriguez, thank you for being at this perfectly circular uh, podcast episode. Thank you for having me as always. I've been Cyrus Mozavi, also not on a flat Earth, and you've been listening to this episode of Full Sun and Fury podcast on a very round world. This episode is available at fullsonandfuriepodcast.com, as well as its previous episodes, or by subscription at wherever the hell you get your podcasts. This has been a great source of this production, copyright 2023.